Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode here in the Oscar series from the Outlaw Nation, profiling one film that has been nominated for Best Picture here for the award ceremony that's happening. Steve, nary a day away, just a day away here. <laughs> the Oscars happening tomorrow night, uh, and we are on the back uh, last three uh, films that were nominated for Best uh, Picture, and today we're talking about Nightmare Alley. I am the outlaw, John Roca, joined by my cinephiles, Co-host and brother in life, Steve Morris. How are you, Steve? I am good. I'm good. I feel ready to, I don't know, see some kind of freak show, maybe get my fortune read. I'm not sure that I'm up for seeing the geek, though. That's, yeah. Oof. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, either say, either live long enough to be the hero or live long enough to become the geek. It all depends on your life <laughs> yeah. for sure, and decisions you make. Um, yeah, this one uh, here from Guillermo del Toro. I think a remake, right, of an older film. Yeah. Uh, I believe fantastic cast here. Let me bring them up real quick as a kind of picture here. You've got uh, Bradley Cooper, Rooney Mara, Kate Blanchett, uh, Tony Collette, along with Willem Dafoe, Ron Perlman, and assorted other fantastic actors uh, involved in this story about a guy. That's who uh, Brad, Bradley Cooper is the main uh, focus here. He's a guy who kind of starts out, uh, shows up at this uh, circus, uh, takes some tricks from uh, uh, David Strathorn. Yeah, kind of lures Rooney Mara into this marriage and ends up becoming this uh, supposed Karnak, for lack of a better term, videos you are right. old enough to remember that, uh, uh, running the show for the elites, kind of tricking them, and then gets involved with Kate Blanchett's Lilith, who's a psychiatrist, and that le leads to him making some terrible decisions that ruin and expose him, and he ends up back at a carnival in the lowest level that you could be at at a carnival uh, so an incredible film here. I would argue, well, here, let's Steve. Steve, I always like to give you first uh, first dibs on this one first. Uh, please tell me what you thought overall of Nightmare Alley. Um, but I wanted to hear what you were going to say. <laughs> um, uh, thank you for letting me go. Uh, it's a really good movie. Yeah. I, I, it's such a sure hand from Guillermo del Toro. It's funny. I, I don't even know if I saw the trailer before I started watching the film. Wow. So okay. I really didn't know where we're going. And what's interesting to me uh, it's surprising is that visually it's obviously Guillermo del Toro. You can't miss his sort of style, yeah. but there's nothing magical in this film. Like there's nothing like so much of his films end up in some kind of mystical place. And in fact, this is like classic noir. Yeah. It's noir top to bottom in terms of its structure, in terms of the characters, in terms of particularly the Kate Blanchett character, yeah. you know, like, and I think, I think it's a really, really, really solid film. Yeah, I was really surprised at how much I enjoyed this one. You know, with Guillermo sometimes, and look, and I love Guillermo. I think he's one of the sweetest people on the planet. I've met him a yeah. couple of times, got to talk to him recently, the Hollywood Critics Association Awards. Very sweet guy. Like, honestly, one of the sweetest, unassuming gentlemen that you're ever going to meet in the world of film. And he, and he loves film. He loves oh, yeah. film. And so, but some of his films in the past for me have kind of wandered off or not really kind of, or had those fantastical moments that didn't hundred percent feel earned. And I was worried that this was going to be one of those films that got a little weird and went off track. I know he won for the shape of water for sure. And a much deserved win for that film. I do enjoy that movie. This one feels like his best film, his most complete film that he's done for me in such a long time. I, I agree with you, Steve. There's not that kind of weird, fantastical, out of nowhere element. This absolutely has some very um, uncomfortable realism and uncomfortable yeah. truthfulness happening, even though we're dealing with a carnival, we're dealing with sleight of hand, we're dealing with mental tricks. 
there is some real stuff going on about the human condition, about human beings, how they're built, and how um, the arrogance of man can lead to man's downfall here in this movie, and the hidden secrets, how they can come back to you, and they never really let you go. So the irony that he's a man who's used to seeing, or is, who plays a, uh, a, um, a uh, I don't know, a seer, who can see things that are supposedly being hid, uh, he's the one that's hiding the most, and when those secrets are exposed, uh, he's the one that pays the biggest price for it. Overall, losing his love, losing his job, losing his career, and in essence, losing whatever losing it, yeah. upward trajectory and losing his mind, you know, by yeah. the end, and accepting what his lot is at the end as punishment for the nefarious things he has done, uh, including patricide in the movie. So I think this is one of the most fantastic performances as well by Bradley Cooper. And this is an experience Bertly well-directed film with beautiful cinematography and a beautiful look to it overall. And it is, it is a remake of a 1947 a version of this film and, and based on a book by William Lindsay Gresham. Just want to give credit and Kim Morgan co-writing this with Guillermo. So um, uh, what did you think of the acting here in the film overall with these with this incredible roster of actors here, Steve? I, I think uh, 2021 is a year of just unbelievable performances and mm -hmm. unbelievable ensembles. And this movie is no exception. And I think, I mean, David Strathair and I is someone who I've loved since I first saw him. And he's so good in this movie. Yeah. But Rooney Mara, I mean, the, the, the list goes on. And Tony Collette is so great. Willem Dafoe is so great. And I think man, what you say is absolutely, I think this is Bradley Cooper's best performance for me i think it is nuanced and complicated and intense and has all these layers and it's interesting one thing i read because i really agree with you like there's sometimes in guillermo's films and i'm exactly with you he's i've never met him but he seems like a lovely wonderful yeah. person who loves film i love listening to him talk but his movies often go into flights of fancy you know yeah. by design that's his he's following his imagination into these really interesting realms and sometimes they are more for me more interesting than they are moving in terms of the story yeah. um and what i've read apparently there was a real serious collaboration with bradley cooper mm. that there was a lot of back and forth and and it sounds like they had battles on the set in the way that great creators have and yeah. that they have that they love each other this is what i've read it's like they've just yeah. like found this partnership made in heaven and, it, and and so i wonder if it's that partnership that grounded the film you know what i mean well, like like yeah they kept it from flying off too far exactly into, yeah they maybe kept it yeah kind of yeah within the confines of the film yeah yeah, yeah. and there were rumors that dicaprio was going to be the lead in this film yeah. so I could absolutely see the DiCaprio version of totally. this role. You know, and, you know, in other words, other times with other films, Steve, we hear about other characters or other actors rather who would consider for this character, and we go, ah, it would have been a different film. I could absolutely see DiCaprio sliding in and playing this role for sure. But what I liked about um, Cooper's performance is there's a steely-eyed, unsettling desire, hunger, and ambition. Um, that when it gets um, exposed and destroyed, um, there's just as much of a steely-eyed acceptance of the punishment, the consequences of it all. That I, that really surprised me. You know, I thought he'd be just a complete and utter uh, raving lunatic, angry at the world. It's more a matter of a resigned acceptance that this is my just punishment for all the terrible things I've done. Kate Blanchett, incredibly sexy and confident and so um, old school Veronica Lake kind of vibe yeah. from her. 
watching the noir aspect of it all. Rooney is the kind of put upon, but still strong enough girl with her connections to the carnival. Uh, very strong. I like Tony Collette at the beginning of the movie there too, mm-hmm. as well. You know, her reactions, um, her confidence and her strength and her sexuality as well there when she's seducing him in the bath, uh, so to speak. And then of course her genuine love for, uh, David Strathairn's character uh, when he is uh, when what happens to him happens to him. So it's just a fascinating film that explores the ins and outs of um, this idea of tricking people and how you can end up being tricked in the end by that trick and betrayed because you're betraying people. What did you think of the story overall here and some of the themes of the symbolism that was going on throughout the movie, Steve? Um, a couple things about it. The first thing is is that many of the movies that we have this year you really know where they're going to go. You know, obviously West Side Story, you know where it's going to go. Dune is all about destiny. Coda, it's the structure of the film. You know what kind of movie you're in. And for the first act of this film, I was like, I have no idea what this is. I don't know where I'm going. And what I think they do so well is there is, you can tell the audience information you want them to know really straightforward. Here's the information. Or you can withhold it in a way that makes it so ambiguous the audience doesn't know what's going on. And yeah. I think what, the, what he does so well is gives you just the exact minimum amount mm-hmm. of information. For instance, when you talk about David Strathairn's death, yeah. like there's just enough for you to go, wait a minute. Yeah. What happened here? here but yeah. not so much that you know exactly what happened. Yeah, and that's yeah. throughout the whole film. There's it, 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 The movie expects you to be paying attention. Yeah. Um, and I think it's done really, really well. You know, it stayed with me, Steve. I mean, Cooper's performance stayed with me. Guillermo's direction stayed with me. You know, as a guy who's ambitious myself seeing what he what he's going through what he's done. i mean i didn't commit patricide in the pursuit of my ambition but like the the i what he's going through the naked desire to want this because it, it's what it symbolizes for him right what it what it means for him it is a cautionary tale and oh yeah in that way uh you know it's um for for anyone who's self-aware i don't mean the unself-aware people who can seek fame or seek status i'm talking about the self-aware people um, this is um, the danger that you have to be aware of when you're pursuing the ambition of it all. And I, I re- and I also think the world building that Guillermo does in this movie is incredible. I mean, at no point was I taken out of the settings and the um, overall general vibe and the, the time in which he's setting this. Uh, and the lighting is just uh, who, who's the, I just want to give love to the cinematographer here. I just thought oh, Dan Laustsen, who does the cinematography with him, also did a, a *The Shape of Water*. I love the way he uses light in this movie, from the performances to the to the uh, darker moments to where you know Willem Dafoe is um, uh, dropping the geek off with uh, Bradley Cooper by that Jesus saves place, you know, and then. And, and, like all the darkness that envelops certain characters in this film. And then some of the moments of light when they pop both natural and within the performances, all of it just keeps you kind of, and the sounds of the fire in the fireplace, right? Like that crispy sounds of the sound, all of that just keeps you um, kind of really dialed into the world of the movie. It's so funny. There's things where, I know this sounds weird, I, there, are, there are things that I'm good at as a filmmaker and there are things that I suck at as a filmmaker. And I'm <laughs> continually amazed watching someone who is so good at what I suck at because <laughs> Del Toro, that camera is always in the right place. Yeah. He's so sure about how he is telling this story 
from top to bottom. You know, you know, you always ask me about what do I think of the direction? And that is the thing that I noticed throughout this. It's just the confidence of here's where the camera needs to be to see exactly what I want you to see. Yeah. And the and and as you say, the the performance, that naked ambition of him and how and, and, and what's so great is that you're drawn into his character. Because yes. you follow him as a bit as, a, as kind of the everyman. He doesn't speak a lot yeah. for a long time. And then as you, he slowly reveals this kind of genius. And yeah. then he slowly reveals this kind of ambition. And like, and, and again, this is the way a movie is well structured. You're with him. Yeah. You want yeah. him to succeed. Yeah. And then you see him start to go too far. And, and, and they certainly set up. There's an inev- inevitability of where we're going. And yet when they get to where they go to at the end, which is perfectly, perfectly set up. Yeah. I didn't, I had the moment of, Oh shit. Of course this is where it's going to go, but I didn't yeah. see it coming. Yeah. That is a well-structured movie. A hundred percent agree. That I didn't see it coming. And yeah. I think that was a great twist. Kind of like with power of the dog. I didn't see that ending coming. I didn't see this ending coming either. And I really kind of enjoyed that. Um, and uh, I don't know what more there is to say about it other than it was, a, I think, one of the most complete films Guillermo's ever directed. And, uh, oh, and I appreciated the music, which is uh, mm-hmm. Alexander Desplat also with the music. I think the music did a, a really great job of um, highlighting everything, the pulsing, the certain moments they had. And then the other uh, music that kind of gave you the feeling of dread. Um, overall, yeah. Um all right, well, let's look at the uh, Academy Awards that it's nominated for here, Steve. Best Picture, Best Cine- Cinematography, Best Costume Design, Best Production Design. Um, wow, thoughts here on this one. Any chances for any of these? Or is there one category you think it has the best chance of winning if it was going to win at the Oscars? I don't think it's going to win Best Picture. I think yeah. it's these are all really strong categories. I'll tell you the one category that I wish it had a nomination – not that I think that he would win, but I wish Bradley Cooper was nominated. I yeah. think that I think his performance is a really good performance. I still would think Will Smith is kind of as close to a lock as you could imagine. But right, I do right. wish he was nominated for this performance. It's really, really hard. I mean, yeah. is because you know, you look at the cinematography nominations, Dune, Power of the Dog, Tragedy Macbeth, West Side Story, those yeah. are all Oscar winners, as far as I you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't be upset if any of them win. I, I I can't see that this movie has the momentum. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. You know, like how many people are watching this film? Because there's a certain amount of filter down to yeah. cinematography, to production design, to costume. I know, I know. You said that the costumes of Cruella, yeah. uh, were great. Um, I'm, yeah. So I don't know. You know, maybe production design, but man, you look at again, Power of the Dog, Macbeth, West. These are all really, really good. Yeah. So I don't know. You have to ask yourself which world was built. And I, I think that's where it has its strongest chance is production design. Because yeah. it builds the world out from a time frame, right? Whereas I think you're using, you know, the environments in most of those other films that are in the category or that are already established and just decorating them to look a certain way. I think what he's what he does here overall, uh, I think the production design is the strongest possibility it has to win an Oscar. And I agree with you. I don't think it's going to win... I don't think it's going to win any, but if it has yeah. a possibility to win one, I think production design for me is where I would um, fall on uh, in the movie. Um, any thoughts on anything that you felt was missing from the film or any complaints or any things that kind of bothered you about the movie or that you would have liked to seen done better? 
I, I, I would have liked, I understood what was going to happen with the Kate Blanchett thing. I would have liked a little more of that part of the story. I yeah. think that's the only thing I would have liked to see more of. Other than that, I mean, it's a tight film. Yeah. I mean, I hear your point because if you accept that Bradley Cooper just shows up, just, you know, automatically gets a job, automatically gets hooked up with uh, Sony Collette, and then David Strather, and then it automatically falls in love with Rooney Mara. There's a lot of things that are just presented to you, and you do go along with them because it just kind of fits. Totally. But then the Kate Blanchett thing, because we have that two year jump, I think the Kate Blanchett thing feels a little weird. Uh, and I think we it would have been nice to explore a little bit more that he's got these self-destructive impulses, which is why he was drawn to this danger, why he was drawn to this stuff, or this desire to beat himself up, or to he knows that he is a, a, a person who's done some nefarious things. It would have been to have that kind of come out in in more obvious ways. I think could have been essential to help us understand why the Cape Blanchett situation goes the way it goes because he so willingly jumps into this partnership with her without even knowing her or her right. motives or her intentions. So when there is the betrayal, you're like, okay, yeah, that, that seems to make sense. You should have checked this out even more. Why wouldn't you be more careful when you seem to have been so careful about everything else, right? Um, was he at the end? Was he exhausted? Was he at the end of running? Wh- what was the reason why he uh, risked everything in this dangerous yeah. venture? So, yeah. Well, and he yeah. reveals so much so easily to her. Yes. Right. That that I just that I that's where I kind of went. I'm not sure if I believe. I mean, it's all really well done. And Kate Blanchett, yeah. you know, she's fantastic. Yeah. She is. <laughs> yeah, she's one of the greats. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Okay. Well, there's our our thoughts on uh, um, Nightmare Alley here and its Oscar chances. Uh, let us know what you thought about the movie. Let us know what you think about its Oscar chances here on the eve of the Oscars happening tomorrow night. Let us know in the comments section below. Remember to hit a like on this video and share it on your social media. When you do that, you tell people, your friends and family that, hey, this is a cool place. Come and enjoy some content and have some fun listening to Steve and John talk about the Oscars here on the Outlaw Nation channel and these Best Picture nominees. Steve, thanks so much for joining me again. Please let people know where they can find you and everything you got going on. They can find me at SR Morris on Twitter, SR Morris one on Instagram, The Cinephiles with my great partner, John Roca, Enterprise Incidents with my partner, Scott Mance. And uh, I think that's about it. That's right. And uh, for those of you who don't know, we just uh, will be dropping part three of our Do the Right Thing conversation at uh, some point today here on the Cinephiles, you, uh, Cinephiles uh, podcast feed. So go and subscribe or go and listen to that as well. As for me, you can follow me at The Roca Says on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, The Outlaw Nation on Twitch. And please subscribe to the channel and hit that uh, bell button so you see more dropping everything that's going on. Like it and leave a comment. All right, that's it. We'll talk to you next time with another uh, episode here coming up later today on the Oscars series. Uh, and then tomorrow we'll talk about our last one uh, <laughs> and one that I really do not like as our last <laughs> one uh, here before we head into the Oscars. Y'all take care until then. Peace. <laughs>